Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So Liz. Yes. I actually have something funny finally to start off our podcast. You know, we always want to start on a happy note. So I have some good news. I I can hardly say it. Say it. So apparently in an interview with Jake Tapper yesterday, Joe Biden, who is not yet officially won the presidency or been sworn in, told Jake Tapper that if he and Kamala Harris disagree on something, that he is just going to fake or come up with some kind of disease and apparently let her just take over. <laughs> because that's what he did with. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny laughter. Okay. That's what he did with Barack, apparently. Somehow that was supposed to make sense, and people are like, WTF, and of course the media is either ignoring it or, like you just said, laughing it off. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if he was joking or he just had one of his episodes, um, but I learned that Joe Biden broke his foot after because he he pulled the dog's tail. You remember we were told that he broke his foot playing with his dog, which Mm -hmm. is and he has German Shepherd and you have German Shepherds. And I do. My mom was a dog breeder and show dogs. So I grew up with a lot of German Shepherds roughhousing. Um, you know, when I was little, they were bigger than me, knocking me down. You know, they're big, they're happy. Yes, true. Um, I have to say, I've never sustained any bone injuries from my German Shepherds. Oftentimes, I was with many of them at once, <laughs> and, and I have no broken bones. But, but my bones aren't made of dust, so perhaps <laughs> that's. Uh, Let me tell you something also, having two German Shepherds, and yes, they can get rambunctious, no doubt about it. You have to be careful walking down the stairs because they're right behind you. The last thing you do to a German Shepherd is pull the tail. Well, you're not supposed to ever pull a dog's tail. Yes. True, but they're, they are especially freaky, as you know, German Shepherds, that's why they're police dogs, about even touching anywhere, their hind legs. I mean, they don't like to be pet behind them. They they have to see what's going on at all times. And so Honestly, I'm shocked if he pulled the do- his dog's tail, yeah. I'm shocked he didn't have a bite or it's, like right. now a hook for a hand where his hand used to be because yes, you do not. Yeah, yep. the, the story is ridiculous, but I guess we're supposed to be relieved that he didn't try and eat the dog like his uh, former number one, Obama, who or, ate dog. Or manhandled the dog in some, or smelled the dog. Maybe he Ugh. was trying to smell the dog's fur or something. That actually makes more sense than mm-hmm. saying that he broke, that he pulled the tail and that's how his foot got broke. Whatever we can, I, you know, Liz, I, who who among us does not get out of the shower and the first thing you do is pull your dog's tail. <laughs> I mean, you've you, uh, you you never pull a dog's tail. That's that's animal abuse. Can you imagine if Trump no. had had a dog and pulled its tail? We would have forty eight hours with 
with PETA, with the ASPCA, with animal rights activists. They would try and get the dog removed from the White House because Trump's abusive. What, whatever. I mean, we could we don't need to bring up media bias. We all know it. So mm-hmm. let's talk about our show today. We have a guest, our friend Dave Reboy, who is um, a good friend of mine and a good friend of Julie's. And we decided to bring Dave on to our podcast to have a conversation that we started having in a secret group that we're members of where we make fun of people. And <laughs> that might be someone who's listening. I don't know. But there is, if you feel judged, you are judged because there are people judging you. And Dave is with me and Julie and some others who will remain nameless to protect them, um, where we talk about things candidly. And in a safe space. So uh, what we were talking about was what to do about Georgia. What is the situation in Georgia? And as you know, there is currently a runoff for two Senate seats in Georgia. And the question is, do we support the Republican candidates or do we not support the Republican candidates? There are pros and cons to that, especially because the GOP doesn't have a great track record of actually putting forward an agenda that is anything we would support. But on the other hand, what will the Democrats do um, when they control all three branches of government? So that's our conversation. So welcome, Dave. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Hey, great to be here. <laughs> I mean, one of the one of the great things about being in a super secret um, uh, <laughs> chat group is that you know that, you know, I mean, you, you know, when we go to the gulags, we're, we're, we're all going together. That's true. That's true. <clears> and we also that. know the people that we talk about, we know that they have secret group chats and they're yeah. talking about us. So there are a all, lot less it's all fun, fair. I'm sure. I'm oh, sure there are a lot less. Our, our secret group chat is the best secret group chat. So yes. there's no For doubt. Sure. Sure. So, so the other the other day yeah. when we were having this discussion, um, I guess, I mean, I, I've been kind of dreading this uh, <laughs> this <laughs> this chat because it's like, oh sh- oh shit. Uh, I was, I guess, so my position is that in in general is that I, you know, f- very few people have been more critical of the useless, feckless, do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, Senate than than I have, mm-hmm. but that said, my calculation was that hey, is a GOP Senate better than a Democrat controlled Senate, House, and presidency? I think that if they are able to stop one out of ten bad things, then, then that's one you know, one out of 10 bad things that they will have uh, been able to stop more than all three branches of government. Um, I mean, uh, 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 both both the executive and the legislative branch belonging to Democrats. So that was my my sort of um, understanding. Uh, Nobody wants to reward these people. Um, I don't think they deserve a reward at all. Um, I would love to see them, uh, you know, I, I mean, I would I would love to see them pay for uh, their contempt for their voters in some way. 
Uh, I'm not sure exactly that losing the Senate right now strategically necessarily means that, you know, we will, you know, that we will come back stronger with more um, with more folks in the Senate who, um, you know, who, who think like the, us and who are more responsive to to our people. Um, but then then they go and then they they do this massive giveaway to uh, to big tech in terms of uh, H-1B visas and immigration. They're all very you know happy. I think they, they voted uh, in unison on this. Um, then they go and Inhofe removes the Section 230 uh, uh, removal that, uh, that that Trump wanted. Um, he also removed something that uh, that was actually you know kind of dear to my heart, which is the Hacked Act, which makes it possible for citizens to sue. The, uh, f- makes it possible for American citizens who are victims of, uh, of foreign hacking to to sue in court. So, uh, so that was taken out as well. And um, really, you know, I mean, I would love to know who these, who the constituency is for these people. I mean, we can, we can do, you know, well, five hours. It's supposed to be us. I yeah, mean, I mean, right. I and, mean, it's and, supposed and, to be us. You know, but they don't, I feel but they like don't that's feel like, the, yeah. Go, no, I feel like that's the reasoning how we got Mitt Romney and John McCain and, and is that, you know, well, it's better than them. And I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing, you know, in our conversations yesterday, I was, I'm very torn, you know, I am a firm believer in not rewarding these people. They've abused our trust. But on the other hand, you know, I don't, I'm, I am afraid of a Democrat controlled Senate and House and executive office, whoever is really running that show, which is Obama. Julie, what do you think? Um, Well, I mean, here's the issue. And obviously, I'm a big fan of Dave's. He's so smart. And a lot of people on our side are saying exactly that. Um, You know, Kurt Schlichter and a, a lot of our allies are suggesting the same thing that, you know, regardless of the bad behavior by the um, Senate Republicans over the past four years and the their, the lack of trust that we have in them, their betrayals, really, that we should still work hard to make sure that they have a slim majority uh, under a Biden presidency. I haven't really been out there saying don't vote in Georgia. I, I, I do think that's silly. But look, the way that the Senate Republicans are handling this massive election fraud in these states, and we're not talking about some of the wacky ones, we're talking about the legitimate, proven evidence of uh, malfeasance in a lot of these elections. They have been completely MIA, as has Bill Barr. But they have, so it, it's hard to see, and Dave, to your point, what they did by unanimous consent, passing Mike Lee's bill, the big tech uh, giveaway, Silicon Valley giveaway. And, you know, <laughs> how how can they be so tone deaf? Like, like you said, who is their constituency? So, you know, when you have leverage, I think that it's important to use it. And I think that this is a time for the base and a lot of rank and file Republicans to stand up to this Senate and say, you need to earn, you need to show us why you deserve to retain power, not just because you might block some court packing 
bill. But what else are you going to do? How are you going to stand up to Biden and Harris? I just don't see it. Look, I, I I find it hard to I find it hard to disagree with you on the on the merits. I really do, because you would think you would think that the they would look over and they would see what's going on in Georgia and they would see all the calls for people not to vote or, you know, or e- even not being too thrilled about voting. Um, et cetera. And they would say, you know what? I think what we need to do right now is we need to remind people why it's important that they should vote. Why it's important that, you know, people from all around the country would send money to, uh, to you know, to, uh, to into the uh, Georgia race. The same way Democrats who are, you know, uh, who um, who have been sending money into uh, into the Georgia race already for months. So, um you would think that they would sit back and say, you know what, we want to give these people a reason. We want to explain to them right now. We want, you know, we want uh, um, our supporters to be armed with the information that, hey, this is what you get when you have uh, Republicans controlling the Senate. Instead, we have nothing, you know, and I, I made mm-hmm. the point um, yesterday uh, that in the old days, I mean, in regards to the the NDAA or or in fact, actually, even even worse was the um, was, as you said, Mike Lee's uh, big tech uh, giveaway, which was it used to be that these guys used to go and they knew they were doing something unpopular, you know, and but there was a ritual that they had to do. You know, Marco Rubio had to go on Rush Limbaugh's show or, you know, they, uh, uh, you know, Republican leadership had to go and 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 beg people at National Review or Weekly Standard or whatever to run a couple pieces about arguing yes, yes, what they want really want to do is actually a good idea. You know, there was there was some attempt at the end of the day to to convince. You know, they would send Guy Benson out there to to you know um, to echo their talking <laughs> points on Fox and wherever. So they used to do this, and in a way, what what that meant was. I mean, at the end of the day, they cared, you know, they cared enough to say, you know what, these people are worth <laughs> talking to. And, and it's better to have them ours on our side, <clears throat> pardon me, than to have them against us. Now they don't give a shit. That's yeah, right. Because they don't but they don't have to because right. all of those times that you're talking about, there were no consequences. Um, we think, oh, well, they're lost control of the Senate. They don't give a shit. They're still senators. Right. They still get their pin and they still get treated like royalty. And then people come in and lobby them and throw money at their family and all the other ways that they, um, you know, get rich on their two hundred thousand dollar year salary. So the reason they don't care and the reason that, you know, Mike Lee feels comfortable doing that um, and not guilty or isn't, you know, doing a walk of shame on the conservative media circuit is because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. That's right. (laughs) Because there's no consequences for that. So. My, so I have to wonder, well, when is the time for consequences? When will that come? Because we're always going to have a situation where, where it's really close. You know, it's not like we're going to have such a, a, a majority in the Senate or the House where we can start throwing away seats if we're concerned about retaining power and not making, just making a moral statement. So when is, when is the time for consequences? I mean, look at, Look at the way they treated Trump. I feel mm-hmm. like Trump was such a learning experience for people who were interested, really interested in, quote, learning about what people wanted. Um, you know, we had failed John McCain, 
failed Romney, um, failed Jeb, all of the right, quote, right people failed out of the gate. And here's Trump. He's like a carnival barker. He's breaking every single rule. He does makes no apologies. And instead of taking a step back and saying, you know, maybe this guy's on to something, not necessarily his tweeting or his his mannerisms, but, um, you know, that maybe he's representing something where there there is a popular support for, but that they're not doing they're, they don't do that. None of these, you know, you've Rubio's still the same. Look at mm-hmm. what Mike Lee just did. None of these senators are like, hey, you know what? This is I think he's found it. You know, he's really got his finger on the pulse of what the voters want because Trump managed to do something that all these establishment, corporate funded, clean, proper GOP candidates couldn't pull off. And their response to him is just vitriol and they're just grinning their teeth until he's out. And that's kind of why most of them aren't really supporting his fight against the election fraud. So here's here's what I have not heard a good explanation for is why we should keep people in power who not only backed the most destructive special counsel investigation in recent memory, almost destroyed Donald Trump, certainly uh, handicapped his first two years in office. They were complicit in it. So you have Senate Republicans who demand a special counsel, back a special counsel, protect it, zero oversight for two solid years. In the meantime, they cover up Obamagate. We get empty promises, mean letters with no follow-up, et cetera. So we have that. They slow-walked all of the Biden investigation. Instead of fighting back during impeachment, letting people know that this was totally a cover-up for Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's family, instead, of course, they chased the squirrel because that's what they want to do. Brett Kavanaugh. Senate Judiciary Committee releases a 500-plus page investigation after that debacle, which is partially responsible. The Senate Republicans are partially responsible for. Chuck Grassley capitulated to every demand that Dianne Feinstein made and delayed this thing and tortured Brett Kavanaugh and his family. They made several criminal referrals in that report that was released over two years ago. Not one person has been held accountable for lying to federal authorities about Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, you guys know this list goes on and on. So when Donald Trump was single-handedly this summer defending the country, trying to calm down these cities, what were these idiot senators doing? What did Mitch McConnell do from the Senate floor? Gave a glowing eulogy to George Floyd suggesting that systemic racism is a real thing and the cops everywhere, of course, they do need to clean up their act, but this is some kind of systemic problem. They capitulate to the left and the Democrats time and time again. If the Republicans have a one or two seat majority, who does that empower? Frauds and traders like Mitt Romney and Ben Sass and Murkowski and Collins. Collins, How about Richard Burr? Richard Burr has nothing to lose. He's He's not running. He's not running again. Right, that's true. He's Pat Toomey. He's another one. He's not running again. You're telling me those two are not going to play ball with Joe Biden? They're just going to they're just feathering their nest for when they're done and, you know, get on a bunch of corporate boards and lobbying contracts, etc. These people do not deserve to be rewarded with power that they not just wasted. They actually used against a Republican president 
his administration and by default, his supporters. So with that backdrop, I want someone to tell me why we should keep them in power. And Dave, I'm not saying you're the guy. I just no. Look, look, look. I I was before before yesterday. I was actually a lot more um uh um a lot more committed, let's say, to arguing to arguing the other side. I think the point that you make is is unassailable. Um, I know that nobody wants to hear this though, but there is a massive failure. Um, you know, reasonable or not, when it comes to challenging these people in primaries, you know, oh, I mean, we talk, yeah. I mean, we talk about, um, we talk about, uh, uh, Liz, you mentioned, you know, Mitt Romney and, and, and McCain and, and all this stuff. That was a total failure of the primary process, you know, and, and at, at each case is, each case is, um, is, is different. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, I know, you know, Julie and I were talking about this, you know, on online a while ago. I mean, look at Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham was was I mean, Lindsey Graham is horrible. Uh, you know, we, we, I guess we don't even need to go into, um, you know, the, the, the bill of of of, uh, of particulars. I mean, horrible on on most of the issues that uh, that um, the GOP voters care about. Um, and he is very good at going on Hannity and saying all kinds of bullshit nonsense and oh, telling donate people at Lindsey Graham dot com. Bottom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Donate exactly. at Lindsey Graham dot com <laughs> for reelection. But he's able, but he, but he was able to fool a lot of people because he played it pretty, uh, you know, pretty, pretty cagey. And at the end of the day, you know, people, people don't care at the end of the day, I guess people don't care about how people vote, but if they get on TV and they, and they, um, and they give a good sound bite or something, then um, you know, then uh, then then it's fine. Then it's enough. And then and then when when I wrote a piece saying, hey, you know what, we sh- Lindsey Graham should be defeated, and we can afford to lose this seat, but but you know, I mean, he is in fact a defeat mechanism for us and for the things that we believe. People jumped down my throat and said, no, 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 we can't lose the Senate. We can't lose the Senate. Well, I mean, but the system itself. L- the system lends itself to this. In other words, here's Trump. He's a cash cow, right? The GOP, the NRCC, the NRSC, they are just raking in the money on Trump's name. You know, you get the emails. I get the emails. MAGA, all this, give money to the committees. And what does that do? It's an incumbent protection racket. And so here are our senators who are anti-Trump, they're working either overtly or covertly against the Trump agenda and agenda of, of the people who put him in office. And yet they are getting protected by money people give because they think it's Trump associated. So, yes, Lindsey Graham should be primaried. The, the problem is he has a huge incumbent protection racket machine behind him. You know, who's got who's got the money to challenge Lindsey Graham and fight him? You know, it's it 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 goes further back to all of these people. You know, why? What? How is Markowski still have her seat? What? You know, how how do any of any of these really bad offenders? How, ben Sass, what? He's in right. Nebraska. How does well, that I guy mean, have his not, seat? I mean, so, not to not to be a conspiracy, you know, or not to go uh, in the conspiracy direction, um, but. It's starting to dawn on folks, or maybe it should, that these people 
get elected and stay in power for a whole bunch of reasons that have nothing to do with uh, have nothing to do with, with issues platform. with issues yeah. that voter with issues that voters care about. You know, they check the box. You know, it's it's enough for someone to to sort of you know pantomime um, a a uh, a conservative agenda and and receive the votes. You know, but but at the end of the day, you know, they've got to deliver for you know for their donors, et cetera. But I mean, that said, it's it's also the bigger issue of you know it's the bigger issue of you know, donors on the right and and in general, you know, people on the right. I mean, we don't have an idea. We don't have a unified idea of where we want to go kind of philosophically. Um, we have some people that want to do one thing. We have another group of people that want to do another. You know, I mean, conservatism by nature or let's say, you know, this this temperament, this political philosophy by nature is is, you know, is 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 not. Um, you know, a movement in like the classical sense, you know, the, the, for, for the left, um, you know, they may not know what the end state is, but they know what it, they know what it looks like to continually make progress towards that goal. So you're going to find it very hard for for them to attack one another over, you know, over um, kind of tactical disagreements. You know, you may see it flare up on Twitter, you know, here and there, but it's you know, but it's only about messaging and stuff like that. The bigger questions, I mean, for us, you have you have really um, really more significant um, divergences between between people on the right. You know, and and that makes for you know that makes for um, you know that makes that makes things messy for us, and it makes things harder, and it makes us more vulnerable to people like. You know, shit. The the you know the the G- GOP Senate. Um, and yeah, I mean, as I said, we agreed to do this like we, what yesterday or the day before or something like that. And and really, since then, every hour, <laughs> I get more and more pissed off right. about what these guys um, what these guys have done and just the lack of attention. You know, if it it doesn't even matter if. Your base, your voters, the voters of your party care about, you know, spacemen coming down and and whatever, or or um, you know, the, the the weight, the relative weight of string cheese packages. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you guys want to keep your office. Just 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 you know, do a little something, you know, do a little something to show that you know, you don't have absolute contempt for your voters because that's certainly how it looks. And, well, and, look and at, look at in Georgia, no. just right. it, looking at the Georgia situation right now, you have a quote, Republican secretary of state that entered into a consent decree with Stacey Abrams. Now, why does a Republican need some sort of grassroots effort or media pressure to not do that? You know what I like? Did it is this the you know, should we be rewarding these people just because they're Republican? Because now with the election, what we're getting from the media is like, oh, this guy's are even the Republicans think that these lawsuits are crazy, or even the Republicans think that we need this quote voting integrity, uh, things put in place. So, you know. Yes, the party is super divided on a unified agenda, and I think to some extent, but lesser, the Democrats are, and they're much better at putting forward a unified voice 
um, than the Republicans are. But I, I mean, with all of this vote fraud on top of the fact that we're being asked to reward uh, the senators with more power and influence, you know, with the vote fraud going on, who even wonders if their vote's going to matter? I mean, and and I don't think that the that there's been a good messaging on to address that issue. And more importantly, the own their own Republicans in their state, the governor finally apparently is going to have a signature verification now. And this horrible secretary of state who seems to have been not he hasn't been in, in front of leading the charge against all this vote fraud. I mean, these people have betrayed their 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 supporters. You know, now they're go vote. You got to vote. Well, is your vote even going to count? You know, we saw suitcases full of ballots brought out in the middle of the night on a on election night yesterday. You know, it just seems like there's a confluence of factors that are making this really, you know, really difficult situation. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, everybody is every everybody fucked up here. Everybody, you know, from mm-hmm. from top to bottom. This has been just a giant mess because, you know, I mean, in you can't you cannot have, um, you know, you, you can't have people thinking that their votes don't matter. You just can't have that. So you need to get to the bottom of whatever, you know, whatever fraud um, they can find is really fast and people have to be seen as being responsive to it um but but you can't you know i mean part partly also is you just had such a swirl of um you know just a swirl of of uh of of kind of um uh insanity you know partly partly um you know really plausible kind of evidence-based um instances of fraud on one hand and then on the other hand you just had uh, kind of meta conspiracies that um that filled the gap in when you know frankly trump was awol and i mean i i think the 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 whole you know where we where we where we are now i mean we we can't forget also that look at, at the end of the day there is no remedy in the courts you know, I, I just I cannot see how, you know, based on, on, you know, based on the type of information that, um, you know, based on the kind of evidence that has been provided, a lot of it is circumstantial. A lot of some of it is hearsay, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, you're look, you're in a I believe there was fraud, but it's going to be very, very difficult. It's a high bar to prove it. And then once you've proven it, you've also got to make sure that the judge will agree with you and all of that stuff. And, and, you know, I'm not saying, you know, that, uh, that it was the, the Trump team totally at fault here, but you know, it was, it was a high hurdle to jump because all of this stuff really had to be settled within the first 10 days. Well, and, but it was set up like that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, know, totally. I'm not saying, uh, yeah, I'm not all saying was, set yeah. up so right. that, any attempt by Trump, you know, that's why the rush to call Biden president elect when he's not and to start announcing his cabinet picks like, you know, and start measuring the curtains and the oval and all that so that the bar, the public perception would be that much harder for Trump to undo. And also the public pressure on any judge, some of which are elected in this process of um, disputing that 
they're going to have to overturn, you know, the results of an election in some, you know, that's what's being asked or throw out a bunch of votes. Right. And, so th- and, so and, that's what that's what's being asked. But the idea that the likelihood that that's going to happen, um, you know, every day that passes after Election Day, the likelihood that that's going to happen decreases substantially. And, you know, because these people, I mean, at the end of the day, even if you do have a slam dunk, you know, you have George Soros on video saying, yes, you know, I I personally coded the, the you know, the the uh, the Dominion voting machines and and, uh, you know, with a plan to, uh, to to steal the election for Biden, even if you have everything nailed down, the judges are still, um, you know, political actors who could make a a kind of reasonable slash rational decision and say, you know what, I'm not going to light off a civil war here by, you know, by um, by kind of overturning expectations about the election. And, you know, and 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 that would be I mean, I could see somebody doing that. Frankly, I could see somebody doing that a lot more, you know, um, a lot more times than I can see someone, um, you know, a judge deciding a month after the election to uh, to flip the the presumed result, you know. So so that's what I see. Like, I don't see any future in the court on one hand. But on the other hand, it's like, OK, if you want to go and you want to make the case that that the election was stolen and um, uh, to state legislatures who will then um, send electors to the electoral college to sort of change it that way. I mean, that's a brute force mechanism that would require, uh, you know, a level of activism and let's say, um, let's say virality that, you know, the Trump campaign just didn't um, just, just, you know, just, just didn't keep going after the election. Well, do you think that the Democrats would do it? Like, would they, you know, if the situation was reversed? Um, I mean, I think the Democrats actually tried to do it. I mean, didn't they try to do it in 2016? And and uh, and and it failed. You know, I mean, it failed. Well, I it, think they tried. I think they tried with the PR campaign, right? I mean, they they weren't like in courts actively, you know. No, no, but they tried the they right, but they tried the um, the electors thing. Yeah. Right, but I mean. They tried the electors thing. We saw it. We saw it like like we saw it in terms of, you know, sort of above ground, um, above the waterline. We saw it in terms of the articles that were that were posted urging electors to go and, and do this. But so you have you've got to know that below ground there was an actual effort to sway these people. And, and that effort failed. I mean, yeah, 100 percent. They would have done it had they had they been able to get away with it. But one reason they weren't able to get away with it is because. I don't think you can really get away with it. You well, know, I think you get away with the difference, though, is in 2016, these swing states had Republican legislatures and Republican governors. I mean, Michigan had a Republican governor. Wisconsin had a Republican governor. They had Republican majorities in their state legislature. So the Democrats, to your point, really didn't have a, 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 ch- a chance to do it. Now, the problem with the Republican Party is even though there's Democratic governors in these three let's just say Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, they're still, 
they still have their legislatures are run by the Republican Party. I mean, Wisconsin has supermajority in their house. So that's the that's the conundrum for Republicans, because obviously they are the ones on December 14th, those legislatures who are going to certify the uh, electors. So that I mean, is they were trying to like next war. Weren't they trying to like see what 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 one of the options are that I think the Trump campaign is is going for is is technically is, is legal. It's going to the legislatures who have right. the power to decide that and then do it. I think what the Democrats are doing, we're, we're like trying to buy off or threaten <laughs> the electors yes. not to vote for, you know, who they were within the established system in the way that we, we do these things. So, but, but I want to, I, I want to pick up on Dave's point for a second too, about um, the illegalities. There's no doubt. And this was a big mistake by the Trump campaign, the GOP establishment party, and even the state Republicans. There's no question that laws were broken, significantly broken in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin dealing with mail-in ballots. To me, for me, that would have been the focus. Um, because those two states had deadlines. You could not touch any mail-in ballots but before 7 a.m. on Election Day. It is clear that they started doing that, processing and inspecting these ballots way them. before Election Day. And, and also keep in mind, neither one of those states has a curing provision either. Um, but they have news articles dating as late as early as late September about election clerks in Wisconsin Curing ballots, I mean, signing in empty fields, uh, the witness address on certification envelopes. You just had election clerks in Milwaukee County, just they were doing it on their own. Well, there's no way to know those addresses. I mean, and so you take a state like Wisconsin where Trump's only down 20,000, you know that tens of thousands of these mail-in ballots were already being processed. Um, Pennsylvania, the same thing. They were attempting to cure ballots. There's no law that allows that in Pennsylvania. They also were inspecting them before the election date. You know, you had 2.5 million mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. Two million of them went for Biden. You're saying you can't come up with 80, 85,000 that were illegally handled before 7 a.m. on election day? Of course you can or try to. Um, So I think to Dave's point, the whole Uh, Trump legal team operation and communication strategy was terrible from day one. I think they're catching up now. And there's only there's only so much you could do before Election Day. You have to wait till all these stories sort of peel out and and people tell you what's been going on. And you could see that these laws are violated. Um, But it's uh, it's half of it's been a clown show that has overshadowed the legitimate election fraud. And I think in Georgia, the problem with that Senate race is obviously the election malfeasance down there. But look, the Republicans who lead that state are complete nitwits. I I don't know if you guys watched Laura Ingram last night, Um, but Brian Kemp and uh, David Perdue are on. And I mean, I was just shaking my head like, how can the people of Georgia elect these two clowns? I mean, that's what they are. They have nothing to say. Passing the buck. David Perdue gives you should gives no one any confidence that he's going to stand up to Democrats and to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, none whatsoever. Um, So it's really sort of a disaster in Georgia. And I think that's the biggest risk of them, of their losing those seats. Uh, It's their own problems down there, not necessarily anything to do with Trump. 
Yeah, look, I mean, I, 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 I agree. The problem, the problem too, is you know, I mean, towards towards your 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 first point and the point that Liz made is that it's set up this way. You know, the system is set up this way such that, um, uh, you know, such that um, it's just hard to let's say overturn expectations for who won. You know, rather than saying overturn the election, but like overturn those expectations um, a month later. Which is why, frankly, you know, I mean, as, as, as you said, which is why there was such a push early on for, um, you know, for uh, for the media to declare the winner. Well, and they said, remember, they warned us. They said, look, <clears throat> it's going to look like Trump's winning. Right. right. But by the morning, it's going to be a blue, mm-hmm. you know, Biden's going to be the winner. So they were getting it all ready. And then now the Trump campaign and the Republicans are on the defensive, which is a very bad place to be. And we're time limited. <laughs> we don't have four years like the Mueller shit or the Russia collusion hoax to clear up. You know, we have like six weeks max. Right. And but but even then, I I don't know. I, I just I see people who I, I don't want to be the guy who, you know, has no hope because he because he doesn't want to fight. You know, oh, no, we know that about but you. Jeez. I, but yeah. I just want to say, like, hey, I, 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 um, I haven't been convinced that there is a viable path is what I'm saying. And um, I mean, a viable path for what? A viable path for, you know, for for Donald Trump to be sworn in on January 20th. Oh, like, I sort I th- of agree with you there. Yeah. I Unfortunately, think, I mean, I think it's yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's. um. It's uh, absurd that I mean, it's silly to think that he does um, and and absurd to sort of egg people on that. This is a thing that could, you know, that could happen. How like, you know, I don't know, deus ex machina, the Kraken or, you know, or, um, you know, or or whatever yeah. they're, they're they're coming up with, because at the end of the day, and this is something that's concerned me for a couple of weeks now, at the end of the day, you're you're playing with the emotions of good people who are on side okay but let me let me um let me take the other position tell me um trump supporters expect him to fight so he has to fight and he has to fight because of the vote fraud it was so blatant so massive and so obvious so i do get your point that you know it seems like people might be getting quote false hope but on the other what would people where would people be if Trump was just like, oh, I guess I lost. Never mind. But we know. But there's all this obvious vote fraud. You know, I mean, it wasn't even that he could control about the vote, about the vote fraud coming out. You know, every all these places stopped counting around the same time. And then when they started counting again, all of a sudden Biden was ahead or, you know, the ratio of Trump to Biden votes was a 100,000 to one. When when that stuff started coming out and all these other shenanigans about ballot harvesting and ballots appearing and hard drives surfacing and thumb drives. And what was, what was he supposed to do, but fight? Right. No, no, look, I mean, that's, 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 that's true. Um, But that said, um, I think he should have, I think he should have reached that conclusion on day one rather than appear to be disoriented and and sort of recede into um uh you know kind of recede into the background while you know Rudy and Sidney Powell filled the um 
the, the space, he could have said, okay, we're going to do this. Um, we're going to scream about, we're going to scream, uh, you know, really loud about vote fraud. And frankly, we are going to make, I mean, he, he should have, um, he should have seen that the courts were not going to go in, in that direction. Um, you know, th- th- there was going to be no justice in the courts. I guess he had to have done it. He had to have pursued it anyway, just because you have to go that way. You can't say, well, you know, I, I'm the rightful winner, but oh, by the, you know, by the by, we're not going to sue in court to, to get this, um, to get this overturned. So you've got to do that. But on the other hand, he should have been out there, you know, immediately, you know, okay, so he takes um, a day off uh, uh, after the election, but he should have been out there immediately still holding rallies, still doing press conferences, being defiant, making sure that, um, you know, if, if the play was to convince these state legislate, uh, state legislators to send Trump electors, what you want to do is you want them to think that there is still a massive movement of Trump supporters that is active and showing up at rallies. And it's like it's it's mm-hmm. a real thing. No, I agree. with you know, I, I definitely my, agree my with you. My fear is that no, my fear is that he let so much time go by that he lost the momentum of the Trump campaign. The Trump campaign had so much momentum going into the election, like the last, you know, the last two weeks, especially. And he could have done that. He could have shown up at, at a Stop the Steal rally, you know, in, in, in D.C. Or, or, you know, or whatever they were called. Um, you know, he could have made he could have sent, uh, you know, he could have sent his kids or his surrogates out there to to, uh, you know, to, to different rallies all around the country. You could have seen a ton of them because well, we, that's during true. But to be fair, I mean, the media is ignoring him. Right. I mean, didn't they they stopped airing even before the election they didn't air his rallies and they didn't i believe they didn't air his facebook remember he came out and he did that facebook thing for 45 minutes a couple days mm-hmm. you know they just ignore they're they're just ignoring him right now but well, yeah, i do get but, but i think you're right it's not that's not the audience that's right. not well, no, the that's audience true. the audience or the audience would be republican state legislators Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if they're not covering him or, or you know, if, if, if you know, the, the mainstream media is covering him or not. If those guys look at that, um, at, at this situation and they and and I mean, think about the pressure you've got to be under to be uh, um, a state legislator to ma- even to make this decision. Right. You're mm-hmm. you're going, if, let's say you say, yeah. you know what, I'm going to I'm going to send Trump electors rather than, you know, Biden electors from Pennsylvania. You know, you're the rest of your life. Your ass is grass. That's yeah. right. You, know, you, are, yep. you are under the knife. You are, you know, I mean, yes. let's be let's be honest. The Trump uh, campaign and Donald Trump has not been very good about protecting his people. Um, and you're That's looking right. at, you're looking over at this and you're like, well, I'm going to be doxxed. I may yeah. be actually assaulted and or killed. Yeah. And no, that's true. And, you know, there's 100 percent certainty that um uh there's 100 certainty that that you know the the, the dems are going to the dems are going to uh kick me out of office next year you know they'll spare no expense just to prove a point so it's you know it's it's a tremendous ask for these people and in order for them to see that you know maybe there's a reward on the other side of the you know on the other side of the rainbow if they do the right thing um you know there needs to be something and, um, you know, unfortunately, I just, uh, 
you know, I, I just haven't seen any desire to, uh, you know, to to do that on, on the part of the uh, on the part of the Trump folks. And it's a shame because, you know, yes, it, a lot of, you know, a lot of weak sisters would have would have uh, fallen off and, and you know, a lot of folks would have um, would have opposed the, you know, kind of the um, the brute force method of, you know, of, of going through changing the electors. You know what? Fine. You know, I would have supported him. I thought it would have been I thought it would have been, um, you know, hardcore. But you know what? The country is worth it. The cause is worth it. But they didn't go down that road. I wish they would have. But now I think that road is basically closed. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, when Trump was having rallies and he was bringing out 50,000 people, you know, in Michigan, in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, those those elected officials in the legislature had to take notice of that and say, well, you know, I'm not going to come back in office if these people turn on me. And that really was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's. And let's also condemn and criticize the Justice Department, uh, Bill Barr's statement, why he would talk to the AP at all, um, and then sort of walking it back. But the fact is, it's not Donald Trump's sole responsibility, nor his campaign, nor his legal team, to make sure that every election law in all of these states uh, has been followed and not broken. And for the fact that, again, the Justice Department is, as Trump said, missing in action um, is really that's even more scary because that will continue even after Trump is gone, that we have a Justice Department and FBI that is so highly politicized or paralyzed by their own fear. To your point, I mean, why would Bill Barr at this point stick his neck out? I mean, Trump's whacked him a number of times, I think deservedly so, but you're Bill Barr, you're a fixture in Washington, D.C., your wife goes to Bible study with Bob Mueller's wife, you know, why are you going to risk your reputation, your career, your livelihood um, to defend Donald Trump at this point? You just well, I wouldn't. Think that that really speaks to the different understanding of the Department of Justice between someone like an Eric Holder and a Bill Barr, yep. where Eric Holder would have had a team of people mm-hmm. in all of these places within two hours, you know, and come out and said the Department of Justice is going to be looking into voter suppression or voter cheating or all this stuff. It would have been well underway. And <clears throat> I think Barr doesn't see it like that. You know, I, I think he has a very different understanding. Because we've talked about this before, Julie, about how Barr's intention is to get the Justice Department, you know, back to operating constitutionally so that, you know, these law breaking shitbags, you know, are treated more, you know, fairly, whereas for their lawless behavior, whereas, um, you know, someone on the other side of it, Eric Holder, Justice Department was about settling scores and advancing the leftist agenda. So, I mean, I think that I also think that that's part of it. I mean, Barr really, because we we know Eric Holder would have already had a team of people. Remember how fast he got people down in Ferguson? Yeah. I mean, if if Eric Holder were in charge or any Democrat, 
the U.S. attorneys would be holding these hearings in these states. They would That's be right. forcing mm-hmm. by <laughs> put a gun to the head of even yep. the Republican legislators to hold these hearings. Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis wouldn't be holding them. Right. Um, and so when the, you have that huge vacuum, it's going to be filled by somebody. And Trump has got to take who he can get, especially when you have lawyers who are being doxxed by the lowlifes at the Lincoln Project. Um, I mean, if you're just a regular lawyer... Again, why would you why would you risk your career and your family and yourself to, you know, take on a legal battle in Pennsylvania, a, a Pennsylvania election lawsuit? You wouldn't. Yeah. I, look, I mean, I've always thought or I've long suspected that Bill Barr knows what time it is mm-hmm. um, in, in in a in a weird way, meaning he understands the the knife's edge th- that the country is on, but he doesn't want to be the one to push it over the hill. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, that's every every sign that you know. I mean, that's my opinion of of him. I I just I, based on his speeches, based on th- things that that he says in um, you know, in different ways. I think it's obvious he knows sort of where we're at in the movie. But he thinks, you know what, it would just be way too destructive. Why set off um, why set off the, um, you know, the, the shit storm right now with this? You know, maybe we maybe we are not yet prepared enough for, um, you know, for 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 us to sort of, you know, go to the next phase, which happens to be which happens to be, you know, partly my position as well. You know, I mean, there are a lot of folks out there who who say, you know what? Good. You know, accelerationism. That's all good. Let's get it on. Let's let's you know, let's let's start the um, you know, let's uh, let's start, uh, you know, whatever comes whatever comes next, you know, kind of euphemistically speaking. Well, what does come next? What does come next? Well, let's say let's say what comes next. Let's say what comes next is, um, you know, is is fighting in the streets. And Spanish it civil, always, civil it war. It always comes down to this. We always end our show <laughs> on a super dark note. So what comes next? So fighting in the streets. So I'm sorry to interrupt, Dave. Go on. Yeah, yeah. So like, let's just assume for for argument's sake that um, that there is a a you know there's a, a there's a, a a split, a cleavage, two two very commit, two highly committed. Um, sides uh decide to go at one another in a way you know in a kind of non um in in a more kinetic way you know you you have people fighting each other on you know in 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 street protests and things like that and you know sort of um things accelerating i think right now right now the right is far too weak to be able to win at at anything like that um so you know i mean we we have you know really we we have very little in the way of institutions that that we that we control let's say you know as, as some people suggest and you know frankly as i support let's say you know there's a there's a a, a um you know a national divorce or civil war or you know the the u.s splits into two countries all right let's say that ha- that happens um, instantly then kind of red America will have to build a whole lot of, of things that it just took for granted 
in terms of um, uh, in terms of, uh, of you know just just institutions and and industries and businesses and and things like that. Now the, the blue America will have to do the same. You know, it's not you know it's it's not um, it's not totally uh, um, it's not totally easy for them. But but still, like we we haven't built the things that we need to build. We haven't built an alternative economy. We have not built um, a you know an alternative method of commu- of secure communications. You know, we're still at the mercy of kind of uh, you know big blue tech, and at any moment that button can be pressed, and probably will be pressed at some point if if you know if if the temperature gets too hot. Um, they will just deplatform us, and then we're done. And then any hope of organizing in the future, whether politically, uh, in terms of you know national divorce, or politically in terms of electing who we want to any office of any significance, uh, you know, above, um, you know, mayor, uh, is going to be impossible because we will have been denied the ability to communicate with one another. So until we figure that shit out. Like really, until we figure out the the tech problem, we can't be going anywhere, um, and we can't be starting any shit. And, and um, you know, I mean, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, "Okay, you know, time to defend America," and you know, the the blood of, of uh, the tree of liberty is is um, is watered by the blood of tyrants and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, that's fine, but um, but what happens when you get mowed down? metaphorically speaking or technologically speaking what happens you know well that's why it's even more insane that the senate did what they did yesterday <clears throat> and also insane that they are fighting back trump on section 230 right now yeah, yeah. well it's again they're the defeat mechanism right i mean that they've been supporting this it, it became very clear after 2016 and Trump winning when the tech institutions didn't have quite the the lockdown on the, the communication structure as they do now, what was going on? Because a lot of them came straight out and said it, right? Google did. Um, Twitter's very heavy handed. And yet, did we see any action? Trump held the House and the Senate for the first two years. What was done? You know, nothing. Nothing was done. And so and here we are. It's worse. It's as bad as it's ever been. And we're still these people are waffling yeah. on like 230. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know what? It shouldn't come down to this. Like we shouldn't be futzing around with 230. Well, um, we true. should have we, we should you know, years ago, there, sh- there there should have been a concerted effort. You know, 230 at the end of the day. um you know, does it get you where you want to go? I'm not sure it does. But but what we really want is a social media bill of rights. Um, you know, we we want the largest um, the largest of these uh, social media companies to to kind of guarantee um, you know viewpoint neutrality and be platforms rather than publishers uh, based on what is legal according to the First Amendment. And give people, you know, and in addition to that, give people um, the the ownership of their kind of digital lives. Like figure figure that stuff out. I'm I'm not an attorney, and I have no special expertise in the matter. But I can tell you that, you know, that's something to explore. And um, 
and you know, you guys had three years. You know, it's the fault of um, it's the fault of Congress. It's the fault of uh, of, of the Trump administration. You know, doing a uh, you know when when it no longer matters, making a show of of Section 230 is like I mean. You know, yes, it should have been a slam dunk. Yes, the Republicans are, are animals for, um, you know, for uh, for for tossing it out. Well, that's true. But like, did it really have to come to, you know, already after 20, the 2020 election um, to uh, to, you know, to, to to get any movement on this? I mean, well, that's, that's I outrageous. Think, well, I think what you're pointing to is just the overall lack of leadership or structure or plan to moving forward for people that aren't insane, crazy leftists. And I don't even know if they would accept a leader. I mean, I think Trump was very unusual in that regard. But where we go now, who who will be in charge of that? You know, and if you say no one, then you're going to have 100,000 different little groups of people with their own sure. agenda. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, I don't know. Do you have Julie? What do you think? Um, well, I mean, I <laughs> I could go on and on about as we all could the failures of of Republican leadership. Um, I do want to say though, just as an aside, this is overlooking the real problems that the Democratic Party has right now too. Mm. Um, yeah. So you know, there are two reasons why we picked up House seats and why. Uh, we held the Senate. Two reasons, Donald Trump and AOC, because that people are terrified of the squad and this radical left that's taking over the Democratic Party. But you had plenty of Democratic House members, those who lost or who came close to cl- close to losing, um, express that they they couldn't defend the AOCs when they were talking to their constituents, that the socialism aspect of it, the radical agenda um, really weighted them down. So they are going to have their hands full trying to figure out what direction they're going into. You can already see AOC star is dimming a little bit. Um, and so where does that go? That's why I'm, I guess, hedging a little bit about a Democratic Senate majority. It's not going to be easy for, say, a Maggie Hassan Hassan in New Hampshire to vote for any court packing measure when she's up for reelection in 2022. So you've got a handful of Democratic senators who are from purplish states um, who are not going to go along with that. So I guess we can sort of feel a little bit happy that the Democrats big mess on their hands too well and, and i think house. both parties and the house i mean pelosi has a very small majority that's right which right you know, we saw all those gop wins because of trump because of aoc and with no with very little money because there wasn't a lot of fundraising done for these these um toss-up seats or for these close seats because you know the polls told us it was going to be a bloodbath and so now the question is, are they going to pass the new Green New Deal? I mean, what's going to happen when it becomes election time? That's right. For these people in 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 two years or in a year, really, the campaign starts basically a year in advance. And the Senate. That's that's another good question. That's another good question. I mean, they're already doing some soul searching about how much they are bleeding white working class voters, which, of course, has always been their uh, their 
their main constituency, they can't win these. They can't keep the House. They can't pick up state legislatures. They can't pick up governorships if they are continually focused on this identity uh, politics and, you know, getting back in these trade deals like Joe Biden wants to do and really sabotaging the economic uh, welfare of big chunks of the American population. So they have, you know, and what do Democrats want more than anything? They want power. They don't really even, they just want it. And so it's going to be very important for them to figure out how they're going to keep it because, yeah, you might have peeled off a lot of white suburban women who were turned off by Trump's tweets, but that's going to be gone. And you're not going to keep them in the Democratic Party with a radical left-wing agenda. You're just not. And so, um, you know, like I said, they have the biggest shit show on their hands as we do. Right. Okay. I think I'm ready now. <laughs> I think I'm ready to argue the point that – that. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that I was making before, which is you know, which is that uh, that Republicans that we need the Republicans to keep the Senate. We're ready. Okay. The way government operates right now um, is mainly the things that we don't want. The most aggressive assaults on our liberty are not coming from Congress. They're coming from the administrative state, from agencies within the executive branch. Um, that in Joe Biden's hands will be very, very, very dangerous. Um, you know, as, as an aside, the fact that uh, Donald Trump and his administration didn't do anything about civil service reform, it, you know, kind of guaranteed that mm -hmm. none of this will change. But basically, that's how it works. All of these terrible things are not things that people vote on legislatively. They are things that happen... Um, you know, from the bowels of unaccountable bureaucrats that work at, you know, EPA and FDA and, and uh, you know, and every other possible agency. And, you know, and, and frankly, at, you know, at DHS, what is coming, I mean, what happened under Obama under DHS in regards to terrorism and, uh, and, uh, and uh, different definitions of, uh, of, of terrorism. We're going to see crazy shit happening on with, with DHS when it comes to, you know, so-called right-wing terrorism uh, being a great threat um, under, uh, under Joe Biden. So like really every branch that, uh, that exists in the, um, every organ exists in the executive branch bureaucracy uh, is weaponized against us and, you know, specifically and also the, the, the things that we believe. So that's what happens when a that's what happens when Democrats control the executive branch. What happens when Democrats control the executive and legislative branch is the big kind of generational change shifting um, uh, uh, legislation. You're so saying that's that it like you, codifies. The codification. Right. right. So that's when you get Obamacare. That's when, mm -hmm. because, you know, because um, at the end of the day, all of this, these small administrative um, state things are, it's, it's small ball. It's winning on the margins. The real wins um, where you get to throw everything in the kitchen sink in that completely redefine the way America understands itself and the way, you know, Americans are governed happens at the legislative level when Democrats have control. 
and denying them um, the ability to do that, I think, is important for for no other reason. Just denying them the ability to do that is is uh, is is important. It is a huge considering the way legislation is made today in um, in in America, which is like, you know, these guys barely do anything, but um, because the administrative state controls so much, they're kind of left with they're left with with passing emergency budget bills and omnibus nonsense where everything in the kitchen sink is is, is thrown into it and that's you know that's that's all that they do um i think that's a good point dave that you make because mm-hmm. if yes. you go back and think when was the last time legislation was repealed they couldn't even repeal obamacare and that's like the most hated you know that there's a lot of po- you know, there's cover for repealing that. Remember, they've tried like a hundred times or fake tried, you they know, never will. They never will. And so, you know, I can't remember the last time a Democrat, a bad Democrat bill was repealed. I mean, the the closest thing I can think of is the assault weapons ban. But that had a sun sunset put into it, probably because whoever wrote it was smarter you know, who knew that it would never be repealed. So it had to just wear out. And then the burden, again, fell on the Senate to, to, um, you know, positively put it out there again to, to um, you know, aggressively to own that again. So that was smart. But I think that is a really good point, is that we're always going to have the deep state, which is something that could be cleaned up by... Uh, a Republican executive who gets the presidency and understands the way the system works. And really the most important things to clean up are the civil service, uh, the, the civil service apparatus. So I, I do think that that's, uh, that is a good point. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. There definitely is. I mean, Dave, that's a perfect point. Republicans controlling the calendar, controlling what gets to the floor, controlling the committees. Um, I think that that's, you know, worthwhile. I I think that that's the most compelling argument to keep them in power. Um, But it's just hard to rectify that with the Republican leadership and just Republican senators that we see. I mean, like I said, name and we couldn't. I'm not challenging Dave or anyone else. Name six Republican senators who are worth anything. I mean, you even had Josh Hawley, who's you know made a name for himself, surely raised money going after big tech and Section 230. What has he done? What did he do yesterday? He vo- he voted for the bill. So you can't take any of these clowns really seriously. I I I couldn't probably name three right now that I think you could rely no, it's a real on to do dilemma. the right thing yeah because there's almost no way around it's like we because because we end up rewarding these people no matter what you know to, to it's like we're really put in a corner you know we right. have to reward them they have no incentive to no. stop doing what they're doing right. so i don't want to make excuses for these people because oh, i know you, you know don't. that you know that's not my intention but but most of the you know, very often. So the way I describe uh, that that government runs now, which is actually you know criticism that comes from um, uh, um, from kind of the, the the Claremont Institute, you know, critique on the original critique on the administrative state, and um, and how 
how it's sort of changed the way the American government operates and, and the, you know, away from the intent of the founders. But one of the reasons why uh, legislators like to be disempowered this way is because it gets them off the hook yeah, for no responsibility. The, right. It gets them off mm-hmm. the hook for, for, for difficult votes. And, um, you know, which is, you know, I mean, for example, Hawley. Now, again, I'm not making excuses for Hawley. I don't know him. I don't know his staff. And I have no idea why he did or he the way he does. Right. Like, I have no special information. Mm-hmm. But when you've got a massive omnibus package, you've got the things you want versus 15 things that you feel like you need to stop that are worse. And yeah, it's you know it's it's a big boy job, and 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 you know and and you've got to do it, uh, et cetera. Hopefully, you do it. You make these these tough choices, um, kind of in consultation with your supporters, and 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 you know, and you're transparent about it, and you're saying, look, I know you want this thing, I can't vote for it because, you know, stopping this other thing is more important. Okay, that's a that's a you know rational calculation. Um, but uh, when you have these these big bills, it's it's hard. It's hard. You've got stuff going in there and fights that that we really don't even know about on the outside. Um, so, I mean, not to not to cut these guys slack, but, um, you know, it's, it's another reason, frankly, why they should be more communicative with um, with with us. And just to be able to explain, um, I don't know if I was one of these guys and I would see the base revolting um, about and 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 really pissed off about a vote that I took, I would try to explain it, or I would try to figure out, you know, to to get the to get the record out, to clear it, to clear the, um, uh, you know, to clear the record and explain to my people, because at the end of the day, you want to be a, you know, a politician needs his base supporters. Um, this isn't a hostage situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you would think that they that. You know, you would think that uh, that uh, that they would do it. Um, but look, I mean, we could we could go on endlessly about the the kind of, um, the the perfidious nature of of uh, you know of, of of these politicians, and you know, it's only marginally better in the House. Um, but uh, but I mean, that's something that we've got to work on long term. It's like, how do you get senators who are more based? How do you you know, how do you um, how do you do that? What's the what's exactly the mechanism for for, you know, for for doing that? And um, I don't know. I mean, maybe what we need is a completely new generation of, um, you know, of, of, of politicians, you know, politicians who we understand from like a philosophical point of view, who understand themselves from a philosophical point of view and and um and the kind of intellectual world that they that they come from and they inhabit, um, maybe that's what's required. You know, maybe um, you know, m- maybe have uh, someone in there with, with you know with as curious a mind as like a like a Tom Cotton. But then again, Tom Cotton doesn't vote the way we uh-huh. want in in you know, <laughs> in every case. So like it's. Um, these guys are playing with fire. You know, they're 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 playing with fire because um, even if you put aside the election and what's going on now is like it's never good when you have um, 
millions and millions of people thinking that all this is just a kind of bullshit game that's being played by um, by um, by uh, you know by insiders or or you know and or dark forces of you know uh, you know have you, take your pick of which dark forces. So you know um, we should all be in the business of of um, of wanting to have ideas dictate the way politics happens um, as opposed to conspiracy theories about you know people being you know paid off or bribed or whatever like you know sometimes that happens but that doesn't explain at all people make decisions for all kinds of reasons be they smart or bullshit or naive or whatever um, but um, you know to the extent that that we can have some some clarity and and um you know and and open conversation and the extent these people should should fucking respect their base and their audience enough to talk to them and to try to explain things i mean that's really the 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 the, the worst of it when um when you're leaving you know you're you're the only thing you're, um, you know, you're expecting your people to vote for you because, hey, haha, what else are they going to do? Um, you know, at the end of the day, that's not, you know, you know, uh, Machiavelli would say that that's 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 not exactly, um, you know, your best bet for survival as as a as a leader. Okay, well, on that um, happy note, <laughs> as we always end our shows on. A happy note. <laughs> thank you. This was great, Dave. Yes. And thank you, Dave, for spending an hour with us on the air instead of in our secret chat room where we talk <laughs> thank you. about people and make fun of them. It's great. And you are my favorite people in the world. And uh, and it was it was uh, it's, it's always a pleasure. So thank you for spending an hour with us listeners. And we will be back next Friday and you can subscribe to our show on iTunes happy hour with Julie and Liz and we will see you next week thanks for listening to happy hour with Julie and Liz we'll see you next week bye